Please welcome to episode 12 of What the Fuck is Going On. I can't believe we're at episode 12, guys. How insane is that? And epi- I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to episode 11. The yeah. engagement yeah. on that episode was absolutely insane. I don't even know what happened, but you guys really loved this episode. But this time we got a little bit more serious. We want to talk about serious matches because we're going into a new decade. I just feel like as black people... Last week was serious. It was, but it was funny dilemmas. Yeah. But I feel like yeah. now when you talk about serious matters, I think as black people, it's important that we level up and just just get on a new wavelength. And I feel yeah. like 2020 is the year that a lot of young black millennials are just getting their shit together. So today's episode is about getting on the property ladder. So I've got a few facts and figures that I just want to shout out there. So did you guys know that only 21% of black African households own their own homes in the UK. It's really low. That's and only so low. 39% of Afro-Caribbeans own their own homes in the UK compared to 68% <sighs> of whites. Hmm? That's shocking. Yeah. yeah that's and I mean, a lot of it has been due to socioeconomic factors and the fact oh. that black people haven't had the opportunity to invest and have pensions. So they haven't had the time to buy properties. But I feel like there's a wave I, I see it on social media all the time. I see it on YouTube. A lot of YouTubers have come, who are young, in their 20s, come about, and mm. they're telling young black people how to own properties. And I feel like social media is doing a great job on mm. getting everyone on the same chapter. So, we have two special guests today. We have Kimma. And they're so beautiful. I yes, they are. I wish I had Because they're so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I need to take Stop a picture it. after. So we have Kimma, who's already on the property ladder, and she is in her 20s. Hello. And we have Latoya, who's getting on the property ladder, and she works in business and finance, and she knows a lot about that world. So they're going to be here with us today, and we're just going to talk about getting on the property ladder and tips and advice that we can all share. Yes. So Kimma, since you're the only one on the property ladder at the moment, and you're in your 20s, tell us a little bit about that journey. How did you pick the right house? Like... Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, so um, uh, story begins just shortly after I got married. So me and my husband actually paid for our entire wedding. So after we got married, it was like back to zero financially, Mm. literally like uh, no money. So we had to save up from there again. Um, And But we wanted to start out marriage with a bang, which is probably... Uh, not a good thing to do so we were like (laughs) let's get a high rise let's have a place we had a place with like a view of the olympic stadium on one side looking onto canary wharf on the other side Mm -hmm. the o2 aruna it was sick but then we realized they were actually spending twenty four thousand pounds a year paying off someone else's mortgage Mm -hmm. for that flat and we just realized financially that's probably not the best decision yeah um and then also on top of that we wanted flexibility to travel and if you're if you're renting, if you have a lease, you have to get um, consent from your landlord to sublet the place while you're away. Mm. And a lot of landlords don't like to do that. It's a really kind of arduous process to go through. So we're like, actually, the best decision financially and for the lifestyle we want is to buy a house. <laughs> Looking back, I realised how uninformed I was. Mm. I think there's um, so I was none of, none of my brothers and sisters yet own their own home. Um, and my parents bought a home way back when when things were really cheap so it was very different it wasn't in London I think London is extremely different Um, so my (laughs) the first steps I took is that I kind of went on right move I knew the area um, that I wanted to live in I generally knew that I wanted to get a doer-upper so um, I wanted a house not a flat Mm -hmm. ideally Um, and I wanted a place that what I could tolerate living in for the meantime but with the view to renovate it for financial reasons because um, if you renovate a place a lot of the time it will add value um, way beyond um, what you spent renovating what you spent on it renovating it Um, and also you might be able to draw down equity from it when I say draw down equity, that basically means that if your market value has gone up above what you bought the property for, you've got equity in that property and you can draw down that equity and get that in, in a lump sum from the bank, um, whoever you have your mortgage oh. with. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's just dropping that sweet. Right? Can I just so, sweet? Okay, how does that work? Because in my head, when you said it, I just see like me going to my like, listen, my house is 
want more. You guys need to do okay? Yeah. Does it work like that? Like, what does that? No. Is- so it entails they would the whoever's providing your mortgage would send someone to come and value your house. Oh, yeah. Um, to look around and put a market value on it in the current state of the market how much it would sell for yeah. and then the difference between what you bought it for yeah. and what the market value of it is that is the equity that you have okay. in the property okay oh my God, so cool. I know that amazing I didn't know yeah. that no neither did neither did I um, so then we booked uh, three viewings three houses all in one weekend in the area that we wanted I wanted to find that area one because I just think it's in East London I feel like the area is so up and coming right now they're considering building Madison Square Gardens has from New York has bought um, land there mm-hmm. to build Madison Square Gardens in London um, so I just thought it's like an area that's this got a bit of a buzz it's a bit up and coming um, but I had done like no research beyond that um, so I booked three viewings uh, and the third house we saw ever was the one that we put an offer in on which is pretty crazy like when you I have now a whole I've made some notes on things that you guys should consider that I didn't I feel like God was involved in the process because all the things I overlooked that just were fine in the end Mm -hmm. uh, were crazy for example there's like a massive park with loads of amenities just at the end of the street and I had no idea mm. when I was viewing the place and something like that just knowing what's around the area mm. is is really important mm. um but yeah that was that was the starting point and then there's a whole load of other stuff that I didn't realize was involved in it and that you need to have a lot more money than your actual deposit um our deposit we bought the place for 490,000 pounds it was a three bedroom terraced house um, but we ended up spending, I think it was around £62,000 in total. So it was f- put down a 10% deposit, so that was 49000 But overall, for the whole purchase, it was £63,000, including lawyer's fees, including uh, mortgage broker fees, including stamp duty. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> she literally put her stamp duty. What is this shit? <laughs> if you're considering buying a house the best thing I would do is when you found um, a, 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 a solicitor shout out to Ola Leslie solicitors who's run by a black woman yeah yes. 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 I'm calling you every one of us yeah and look at their ratings on Google it's like, five, it's like 300 ratings 5 star everything they're wow. brilliant so um, but speak to your solicitor if, if you don't have to have instructed them just call around and ask them to talk you through the process start to finish what you can expect at each, each stage because it's such a foreign process mm-hmm. one big thing that I learned is never ever ever listen to estate agents they will pressure you to the hilt because their interests are aligned with getting their commission on the sale of the house. They don't care. I don't even, at this point, I don't even trust that what they say is even true. The estate agent we had was like, you have to complete. The seller's going to back out. There's so many other people who want this house. Blah, 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 blah. Putting so much pressure on and you just have to literally block that out. Just know they only care about their commission. Mm. They don't care about whether you're getting a good deal. They don't care about whether you're getting a good house. So take everything the estate agent says with a pinch of salt the solicitor is the one that's on your side your mortgage broker is on your side so take their advice more so than the oh, estate agent but yeah so that's like a, the overview yeah. but like I know you guys will have more questions I have so many okay <laughs> with the jump from the 49 to the 62 is still baffling me yeah so how, and how exactly? did you manage to save that lump sum yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes okay. the saving bit yeah, yeah, saving. Saving. tell us about how people are saving because yeah so uh with the saving i think i so i work as a lawyer my husband works in tech and i i was kind of bougie before i married him and i was like oh tech honestly they're making so much money so we're in a bit of a unique position in that we did um make quite a lot of money yeah. for the age that we were and also so we between getting married and also the the fact that we were married yeah. so we could split a lot of these costs mm-hmm. is like a big consideration to make obviously it's very different if you're single mm-hmm. and you don't have someone to split these costs with yeah. it will just take a bit more planning um and having to kind of bear all of it yourselves um but yeah so we had a strict saving plan we 
basically have a standing a standing order um a direct debit that instantly anytime we get paid certain amount will go into a savings account so that way you budget with what you have after saving and if you as much as you can save really just do put it away um and have that plan in place for the next if it's a two-year plan three-year plan four-year plan whatever it is for getting that house so ours was a combination of saving Mm -hmm. and also um getting bonuses so that was a big help and i know that not everyone is in that position so it is a unique situation um so i can't say oh guys this is a blueprint go and ask your boss for a bonus yes i just (laughs) no i I know that's not the case for everyone so we were in a a bit of a unique position because of our profession um so yeah what what are Mm. your tips on saving yeah so i mean there's a lot of um government help to buy schemes basically so that's what i was going to ask you like did you use any of these schemes like any of the ices that they've got because at the moment there's basically a help to buy ISA which is for first time buyers. So whatever you save, the government will give you 25% on top of whatever you've saved. Mm. Um, I've been seeing things on Twitter saying that, oh, it doesn't work out. I need you to advise Yeah, me. so <laughs> again, it depends on your situation. So like you say, if you're in a job where like you, you're not able to save as much each month, like you've just got to kind of weigh, weigh up the pros and cons really mm-hmm. so um there is the help to buy ice there is the um, a lifetime ice as well mm-hmm. so again you're just looking at both um so i kind of can tell you a bit about you know each one and you kind of again just see what you think is best for you yes please so where is my net so with the help to buy isa um basically you deposit the maximum you can deposit every month is 200 pounds mm-hmm. um so you can start off with a lump sum of up to 1200 pounds and then 200 pounds you can deposit every month and the maximum that the government will give you back is 3000 pounds so once you've saved 12000 pounds you get that 25% back, which is £3,000. I mean, you can save as much as you want, but that's kind of the maximum Mm -hmm. that the government will give you. Um, It's only for first-time buyers, but the bad thing about it, like you said, there's loads of stuff on Twitter about it, is if you're buying a house that's less than £450,000, basically Mm -hmm. you can't use it towards that. That's in London. Outside of London, if your house is more than a quarter of a million, again, you can't use it. So it's quite restricting in many ways. So again, it depends on what the value of the property is and if you think that's best for you if you know you're going to get something that's a lot smaller or it's you know you're just using it as an investment maybe use it for that um the lifetime isa again you can use it for first-time buyers but you can only be between the ages of 18 and 39 so again if you're like in your late 30s it might be something that you want to invest in basically because you know obviously the scheme will be running out soon um, you can deposit lump sums but you can only deposit up to four thousand pounds a year basically um but again the government will give you 25 percent on top of what you've saved so in effect if you're putting in four thousand pounds a year mm-hmm. into that isa you are effectively getting a thousand pounds each year from the government um, and i think with the housing prices it's a bit it's a bit better so like if it's outside of london i think it's up to four hundred and fifty thousand pounds um, and then within London, I think it's up to like two, um, sorry, 650,000. So it's not as, you know, it's a, it's a bit better, I think, than the help to buy ISA. But the only thing is, again, obviously you've got an age restriction. Um, and I was going to say, actually, another tip. For the help to buy ISA, you have to open an account with the bank before the 30th of November. So obviously yeah, that's coming up really soon, yeah. Wow. So if it's something you are interested in, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I would just probably even recommend just, just opening it up anyway. It yeah. only costs a pound to open. Yeah. You never know. Like, you could change your mind in a year's time and be like, actually, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can and you back you... out of, out of it? Yeah, I mean, if you, don't, yeah, if you don't want the, you know, the savings account later, oh, yeah. you know, you can, you, you can close it. You can take the money out of the help to buy ISA whenever you want to as well. You know, if you yeah. kind of, you won't get the bonus, obviously, because oh, yeah. you're having used it for towards a house and um, with the lifetime i said there is a penalty if you withdraw within the first year mm. but after the first year you can just again take the money out if you need to and do you have any accounts with, i mean you're saving yes. up for a house so what are yes. you using so i so i have opened up a help to buy isa which i think the house property that i will buy will be above the you know the limit anyway so it probably won't be very useful for me so i'm actually saving into it at the moment but i opened it anyway just in case because yeah. like you said the deadline's coming up you never know um it could be in a year's time maybe if the government changes 
you know, the, the amounts could change, the limit could change, anything could happen. So it's kind of always worth having that anyway. Yeah. Um, the house that I'm going to buy is actually going to be outside of London anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to buy back home in Birmingham, which is where I'm originally oh, from. Nice. Um, so yeah, so the house prices up there are obviously so much different to London. Mm -hmm. Like London is so expensive. So yeah, yeah congratulations. Oh, it's, yeah, to buy a house in London is so, yeah, so expensive. And I'm going to actually buy to let as well. Um, that's so interesting. That's a conversation yeah. we need to get mm. into. Yeah. Um, that's that's really. But what does that mean? So <laughs> so so in the, so me and my husband are really passionate about like securing our future, so mm. we don't have to work. We basically don't want to retire early. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> reach financial independence, retire early. It's this, they have this phrase that's like called fire. So we also yeah. we bought our first investment property mm. this year. So that's something we should totally have a discussion about because mm. you can. Um, you can make passive income in oh, that definitely. way um, yeah. and there's so much opportunity there as well one thing I was going to say just in addition to everything you said and this is something I learned from Emmanuel um, he's this amazing financial advisor I, I, I don't actually know his surname I know him from Instagram and I met him in an event we'll he did him. the other day <laughs> okay great um, and he's got a Channel 4 show coming up soon nice. which is incredible um, but you can actually buy a house with a 5% deposit outside of any government scheme i had i had mm. no idea so there are mortgage lenders who will lend you 95 percent of the value of the home and you only have to put up five percent it does mean that your mortgage repayments will be slightly more higher, higher yeah. but it actually doesn't make that much of a difference when i would calculate um whether um i have i put down a 10 percent deposit or a 15 percent deposit the repayments were the difference wasn't that much it was mm. maybe 100 pounds in it a month which okay maybe to a, some people that's quite a lot yeah. but i mean it wasn't as much as you'd think so you can yeah if you shop around there are mortgage lenders um uh, that will lend to you 95 percent. that means you only have to save up a five percent mm. deposit and that's for anywhere in the country yeah uh, london and outside of london as well but i think with that you they have to be new builds don't they i don't uh, think you, do yeah they? they have to be new builds i don't think you can um have a five deposit on um, an older house okay yeah and that's an interesting discussion as well in relation to new builds versus um mm. older houses personally for me in london i don't think i would buy a flat firstly because there are ground rent charges that you have to pay secondly because there are maintenance charges that you have to pay um and the maintenance so in the incredible flat that we used to live in mm. the high-rise flat that we used to live in and then it was so depressing going from that high-rise to a crappy dilapidated <laughs> terraced house when we bought it just being like what is our life um but it, it said the the i was part of the group of homeowners i was just i didn't actually own a place in there but i was just really curious to see what they were talking about so i was like yes i was the whatsapp group and the charges that they all they had to bear were incredible so they were so it was forty thousand pounds for some turf and the and the residents the owners have no say over what the management company is doing whether they've shopped around for good quotes for this turf, for this grass for the at the kind of communal outside area and the charges passed on to the homeowners also it was uh, thirty thousand pounds for a cladding report because uh, after Grenville, yeah. if uh, the cladding report isn't done, you have to prove uh, that the cladding isn't the Grenville cladding, otherwise your your flat is worth zero. So again, that cost is passed down to the um, the owners of the units within that complex. And I just didn't like the idea that the value of my flat was based on someone else. Mm -hmm. So the management company, whether they maintain the lifts, the lifts would break down all the time and I'd have to walk up 20 floors to get to our yeah. unit. So just when you own your own house, you're in charge of everything. Like yeah. if there's a repair to be done, you can do it. If there's something that's not working, you can fix it. You can get the best quote. You're just in control of what the place looks like. Um, and you can kind of uh, be in control of the value of the place as well um so i liked it for that reason and i also feel like with new builds for me personally i think a lot of the value is in the fact that it's new yeah. and it's in i say that in the london market where you have new builds springing up all the time yeah. for example when i was looking for a place to rent they were literally like seven new high-rises that had just been built um and the estate agent i was talking to was saying how that was bad actually for the um for the market it was great for the consumer but bad for the kind of property investors um and i i would literally tick places off my list because i was like oh that one's a year old now but there's this brand new one coming up and so that's worth a lot more and the place that we were in it just wasn't built very well a lot of corners had been cut and a lot of the people who had bought units in there 
were really disappointed about that, but they couldn't take it public because then that would affect the value of their house. So wow. they were kind of stuck with this unit that hadn't been built very well. There's, they can't bring any public action because then the whole world knows that that unit hasn't been built well and, and people won't want to buy it. So they were stuck in this tricky position. So that's my perspective on new builds slash flats versus houses but other people will have different perspectives um a lot of people just love the fact that with a new build you can go in and it has the latest everything whereas with my terrace house it was old everything so i had to kind of replace a lot of stuff so yeah there's that kind of um weighing up what works for you best in that scenario too i have two questions um one is how much would be like the average would you say before you go into buying a house you need to have this much in your bank account in london i would i would say now knowing uh that you can you can have this help to buy there's mm. the lifetime uh i said there's also that you can put down a five percent deposit uh i would say probably at least twenty five thirty thousand I'd say that that would because you can get cheaper places than my mm. the the house that I bought. You absolutely can, and especially if you're going to the outskirts of London. But it's better to have a bit more saved for the unexpected costs than to be in a position where you're like, crap. I don't know if I can go forward with this purchase because I've run out of money because I didn't anticipate that this the solicitor would be more a bit more expensive or there would be this repair or there would be X Y Z. So um, anticipating those things is is quite good. Mm-hmm. And also, next question, how do you do your research on which places are... I'm not... For someone who's not a Londoner, I'm from Ireland, Mm -hmm. so I don't know anything about London. How do you make sure, okay, this place is up and coming, this place will be good for me? Like, how do you know those kind of stuff? Because my worst fear is buying a house somewhere, and then, I don't know, it's like, I don't know, some shithole. I feel like, (laughs) yeah, for for me, I think it was um, seeing seeing how uh, different developments or changes in an area had affected other areas in the past and then seeing if anything was planned for areas that I was considering that were similar to those so it would likely have the same effect so for example uh, when Westfield was built in Stratford that uh, increased the the, uh, the price of houses in the area so now similarly in Croydon they're building a Westfield which is likely going to have that same effect um, and they're also considering getting better transport links to Croydon if I was buying again now I'll probably you know I, I personally think Croydon's a good area but that's just my opinion and then for things like um, the Madison Square Gardens coming to a place I think um, if you're looking to either rent a place or airbnb it out that is absolutely going to be um it's going to make going to make the area be more in demand however if you're looking for a family home you might actually consider oh there'll be more people actually coming into in and out of the tube station there might be a bit more antisocial behavior because people will be going for music events and they might be more drunk and disorderly but i i think that's um the kind of development that would increase um the value in an area mm. I don't know what you think yeah I mean again it's different for me because obviously I'm not buying within London mm. but one of the reasons why I wanted to buy something quite close to the city centre in Birmingham was because of Crossrail which might not be going ahead mm. now which is a bit disappointing but um, basically there was going to be um, a high speed train that went from London to Birmingham in like 49 minutes so obviously a lot of people could um, still live up there and basically work yeah. in London um, and so obviously the house value would probably skyrocket and things like that I think uh, definitely important to say transport um again it depends on your own personal situation so like with my sister um who's also like looking to buy she's got a two-year-old so it's like you know schools in the area Mm. just like you know the neighborhood what's up and coming um is there things that you can you know get to easily what's accessible so yeah it kind of a lot of it depends on what you personally want but again like going back to your question like how did you do the research as well I think just like asking people, um, you know, even like looking online, people mm. who are in the area that you speak to, like my sister, like, she'll happily just go up to like the neighbours and be like, what's it like? Kind yeah. of thing, oh, to be honest. And to be honest, it's probably one of the best things to do yeah. because yeah. at the end of the day, yeah, and they know what it's like at night. They know mm. like, you know, what the crime rate's like or if mm. there's anything that's happened in the area that, you know, probably like say agents wouldn't tell you mm. because they're just trying to palm off the property to you. Um, so yeah, there's all kind of different ways. I think that you can definitely get advice on the area that you are yeah. looking at. Another, another in, in relation to transport links. Another one is the Victoria Line. Mm-hmm. What's the other name for that? It's I can't remember what it's 
called but yeah the victoria line that will go to reading and that will go to paddington yeah. and oh the elizabeth line the new one the, uh sorry the yes. elizabeth line yeah. sorry victoria yeah. line what about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the elizabeth line yeah. so yeah that's another great one as well um that if you're kind of thinking of a place along the uh, elizabeth line mm. that will probably be a good signifier that that um that area will go up in value and and yes what you mentioned about talking to neighbors is in, is incredibly valuable mm. one thing in during the process when you're considering buying a house i think one great thing to do is one thing i realized is that you spend such little time in this house that you're making such a big so purchase true. of i think the viewing that we initially had was like a 15 minute viewing that you just see everything and then uh i had another viewing which was like i felt a lot you can feel under pressure to kind of like get out of the house if the estate agent's like oh i have so many other viewings or so much other things to do but really stay in the house yeah. i stood in i stood in the house and looked around it for like a good almost like an hour because i was like i'm about to spend a lot of money like i really want to see the things in this house so don't let them rush you into kind of going in and out in and out ask for more meetings because they'll try and sell you the house after you seeing it once or mm. using make sure you're seeing it two three times um and also uh go to the go to the um the area go to the house and literally like stand around it during different times of the day go at night time and see do people play loud music mm. are there people hanging around what's the area just generally like at different times of the day because you can move into a property and then be like oh the neighbors play really loud music every night um and you wouldn't have known that unless you're going there on a few occasions so make sure you kind of just be in the area and get familiar with that house otherwise you can be blindsided by some issue that you didn't know about once you've bought it when you're in when you're inside the house you said that you um want to stay in and look properly what are you looking for um so for me i was kind of looking I didn't have the expertise um, <laughs> to know exactly what I should be looking for, but I was looking for kind of just high-level things in terms of, like, checking whether taps were working, uh, checking whether things looked like they'd been installed property, properly, uh, looking at the height of ceilings, um, yeah. looking whether they looked like there were any signs of damp or, like, mould or anything on the walls. So I was just kind of having an in-depth look, look at that. But one thing you should absolutely do is at least get a home buyer's survey, which you can organise through your mortgage um, provider or you can get an independent uh, survey done on the property um, because your mortgage provider will only do evaluation so that's literally someone just going in having a rough look and being like cool it's worth this much you want a home buyer survey when they look and they do tests on the house they go into detail and they give you this lengthy report about the issues that are in the house for example when we bought our house um, there was some damp in the kitchen and so that was then used as a negotiation tool to um, get the house price reduced but actually in the end the seller was like we'll pay to do the damp work and they paid um, we found the quote and they paid I think it was like £3,000 to do the damp work before completion so having that report is so helpful they do go a bit overboard because obviously they don't want to be liable for anything you come to find in the future so they're inclusive of everything but the biggest things they will kind of highlight in red and say these are the big things that you need to raise and you need to use as a negotiation tool and you need to be aware of before you buy the house so a home buyer survey is essential do you pay for that as well you pay for that as well that was like a, that was like a 700 pounds wow. yeah thank you there's so many costs yeah oh my god honestly so in terms of like your family your friends how many people do you guys know who actually own property are you like the first time first person in your family to own a property or mm. so my parents own um so they literally i think this week they've actually just just paid off the mortgage oh, well then, and dad. <laughs> but no they also um i mean they have owned uh, they also own another two properties um nice. in birmingham as well and they owned a house in florida mm -hmm. um oh, so but they nice. yeah i mean they so my so with my dad bought the family home that basically I grew up in but you say the house prices then were completely different so it's kind of like when it comes to our generation we're buying these houses that the property market has soared absolutely like ridiculously so you know people back then were buying houses for you know less than like 100 grand basically yeah. for like ma these massive houses yeah. um so I mean I'm not saying it was obviously easier because obviously you know the cost of living was different um it was a completely different world then um but yeah i mean even like with friends though um i would say a lot of people are in the same position where they're looking to buy a house or looking to save up but they just don't know how or what's best i think going back to what you said earlier like 
it's so hard and you you weren't informed basically mm. um so it's great that you know things like this like a podcast that you can listen to or you know people that you can speak to on social media loads of you know different companies that have been set up now um, are really really helpful and um, just to kind of get information um just talk about your problems or questions that you have um but yeah a lot of people um that i went to school with you know people millennials basically mm-hmm. um and looking at the facts and figures more people are you know staying at home after university yeah. or they're um you know buying their first house a lot later um you know oftentimes it's like in your 30s rather than in your early 20s going back to like our parents generation um yeah so i think definitely a lot's been done you know to kind of help people yeah. understand more which is really good yeah um especially like you say in the black community like like those figures were crazy um but yeah it's nice to kind of yeah, just have a chat about it and, and see that more, more and more black owners are getting on the property ladder. Yeah, I, I think it's similar in my circles. I don't know that many people who own a house. And a lot of the people that they, that in, of my friends that do, um, who are in their 20s or early 30s, have parents who are able to kind of help them yeah. get on the property ladder. Um, there's one girl I know who's just badass and she bought her own house all by herself in her 20s just you know <laughs> owning life and apart from that none of my brothers and sisters do not necessarily because they're well some aren't able but some also um, don't necessarily see the value in it which mm-hmm. is why I think this education is which I think which is why this education is so important um, because there is so much value in ownership you have it's such uh, it's such an asset like with our house now we renovated it we've just finished the renovation yeah, it looks eight amazing months. thank you it was eight months of hell just to be like completely transparent with the numbers we had no <laughs> we have learned so much on the job we had no idea how much renovations cost no idea so we were estimating okay we buy this place for four hundred ninety thousand. spend thirty thousand pounds doing it up Hopefully it'll increase the value by like a hundred thousand, and then we've got a profit of seventy thousand. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Then I started doing my research. Initially, I'd wanted to add um, to a bedroom, a walk-in wardrobe, and a bathroom in the loft, and then I wanted to extend the kitchen. Oh, yes. and then I was like, and then I got some quotes, and I was like, okay, never mind, <laughs> never mind. So to like extend the kitchen itself would have been like. 35,000 minimum mm. for the loft would have been 40,000 minimum and then to refurbish the rest of it because it needed a renovation needed a renovation was like 40,000 so all in all that would have come up to roughly around 100,000 which I was just like oh, yeah. <laughs> from from where um, so so in the end we just renovated the whole of the inside we don't need to extend it we're not really planning on having kids anytime soon it is not our forever home this was mm. just like we just knew it was a good financial idea mm-hmm. um, so we ended up spending in the end after kind of estimating that it would be about 30,000 after losing money to cowboy builders going back and forth oh, no. I think in the end it was about we have yet to sit down and do the sums because we literally just finished the other week um, but it was about 55,000 in the end oh. But still, so I have a neighbour on the same street. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We hadn't even saved. Oh, uh, so we hadn't even. We had saved like three months in advance. But I, I had thought I could put up with the property as it was mm-hmm. a lot more than I actually could. When we moved in, I was like, this place is actually disgusting, and mm-hmm. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so we started earlier than before before we had saved like the whole of the amount that it would cost so we were actually lucky that it took eight months it took a lot longer than expected because it just meant we were able to like get the money together um but in the end i think it was around 55 60 000, which is still okay because um a, a neighbor of mine did a similar thing in terms of just refurbished the inside their house is now on the market for six hundred twenty-five thousand, which it's on the market for six hundred twenty-five thousand. Let's see, it sells for six hundred twenty-five thousand. Mm. But if you, I mean, if you've bought it for four ninety, spent I say fifty thousand doing it up, and then it sells for six two five, you're still in kind of you. Uh, yeah. You're still up. You've done well. Yeah. But we're not planning on selling it for years and years and years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're. All, I'm also trying to be very detached with the property, like you said about buy to let. Mm-hmm. Um, we. I'm trying to see it as it is literally an asset and. At this point, we're probably going to put it on Airbnb because you can make a lot of money. There are the government has introduced uh, restrictions on Airbnb, so we're just going to structure it in a way 
we're just gonna finesse it a bit structure yeah. in a way that we don't fall foul of their rules on airbnb but you can it, it's that knowledge that having a house is an asset and you can use it to make passive income either by having tenants renting out the whole place or get short letting it on airbnb which means you, you can make a ton more money there's a couple i follow um they're called um, Our Rich Journey. Uh, they're amazing. They have two kids and they reached financial independence and retired at the age of 39. Oh, Both of them, amazing. amazing. And they lived rent-free for 10 years by oh. using that hack of, they bought a house, did it up a bit, airbnb the whole place out, and the money they were making from Airbnb covered the mortgage for that place and also covered the rent for the place they were wow. uh, then went to live in. So they were just living rent-free, mortgage-free. For 10 years so Ooh. things like that is having that knowledge and being able to okay let me get this asset finesse this do this okay. i'm structuring it so you get some coins i think so that's the We both quit our jobs like a few months into marriage because we were like, yes, YOLO, let's take over the world. Let's Why see you what's wrong. <laughs> we're just, we're just mad. We're pretty mad. Oh, yeah. So we were both, so we were both had our own limited companies and we were starting businesses and we were like, oh crap, we want to get a house. When a lot, they really value having permanent jobs. So this is just encouragement to any contractors out there or business owners out there. You can absolutely still get a mortgage. You might have to shop around a bit more and it did kind of help that I was in a tradition my uh, career is quite traditional that banks look favorably upon they quite like solicitors or accountants or bankers or people in traditional fields whereas tech they're like mm, they're like I was like mm, what is that um, so so yeah so that did help but you can absolutely get a mortgage even if you don't have um, a permanent role um, in terms of credit you have to have a, a good credit score um i they, they they weren't many questions i didn't get any questions around that and i know that my credit is not like the absolute best in fact recently you can do checks online yeah. um so they're ones that you can do for free i think it's free on experian for 30 days yeah so just you know get your credit check done and then cancel your subscriptions you don't get charged for it <laughs> um and there's another one called check my file that basically summarizes all of the different um uh, all of the different kind of credit check providers um and then it gives you kind of a summary of everything so it's like the whole overview so it was funny because my husband's credit was better than mine and i was like why <laughs> like no, but a lot of things affect credit so if you're um on the electoral registry yes, if you yes. vote um if you have a credit card and you use it and you pay it off like a lot of things like that affect your credit score so if you ha if you don't have credit like I know you don't have credit you don't have yeah because but you need to have credit because the bank needs to know that you can borrow money and pay it off my thing is that maybe because coming from an African African home I don't believe in like buying something and slowly paying it off month by month just pay it pay it if I want a phone I want a laptop I buy if, if mm -hmm. I buy it there and then like mm -hmm. I get the whole thing at once so I don't like and my friends are like that's really bad for your credit I was like but it's just because I don't like yeah. to owe anyone anything like if I yeah, don't I, I, I know it's yeah. owe but it's mm. just like you know I just buy it there and then I've never had to you know mm. yeah slowly. and I think it's people not understanding that actually like 
debt at times can be helpful. Yeah. Like very specific, certain when there's a plan in place. Yeah. You, you see it when you look at companies. For example, Uber has been loss making for a while, and a lot of companies structure themselves so they're loss making for yeah. tax purposes and would rather use debt than equity because it's a, a smarter financial decision. I'm not saying go take a ton of debt, but it's this fear of debt that keeps us a lot of the time you have to use debt in the short term to get to that long-term goal so don't be scared of debt in that way another tip i heard so i have a mentor who is an amazing property investor he owns 69 properties himself and helps other people invest in property see i could never don't do property investment without a mentor or without having someone that you can ask questions because it's you could lose a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing you don't have someone to ask but another way to finesse the system in relation to credit is moving your money around bank accounts so banks will register how much money you have coming in each month Mm -hmm. they won't see they won't know if it's the same money that you've basically moved around each bank account so um i have several bank accounts um so i have a netwest account a a barclays account monzo which is amazing Mm -hmm. um and it's essentially if you have two thousand pounds coming into one account have it in that one account then move 1800 into the next account uh, then move 1,600 into the third account and carry on moving them around. So each bank will say, oh, she's deposited 10,000 pounds this much. She's a high earner. She has access to this amount of credit. We will lend her this much because to them, you look like a high earner when really it was just the same 2,000 pounds that you've moved around <laughs> yeah. every yeah. few days. That's so so there's different, there are different things that you can use to just like work the system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in your favor to kind of boost your credit. That's when I found out after I bought the house. Yeah. So I wasn't doing that. And that's something I only discovered recently too. And it's one of those things, like like you say, like, I'm happy to pay stuff off, like, straight away. I'm happy to literally just stay with the same bank. And it's just having that, that, that knowledge that you say. But also... Like, for me, it was just like, oh, I just put everything in one place. It's just easier. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it might be easier, but it doesn't mean it's what's best. Yeah. Mm. And so, like you say, opening up different accounts. Like, in fact, only yesterday I was in Barclays, and I was like, right, yeah, let's open an account, please. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, yeah, just having that, like you say, knowledge to do so, and also just that mentality that you don't need everything in one place. Yeah. Because like, it's just, to me, it feels neater just to have, yeah, that's yes. fine. Yeah. And then we'll have to keep thinking yeah. about all yeah. these different yeah. accounts. But it's not what's best yeah. so I mean it's kind of stepping outside and thinking okay I, I need to I'm get away from this now so true I'm even like so bad that I didn't get a credit card because I was like I have my like why do I need a credit card for it I yeah. can save up like which is sounds stupid now but it's just I was just thinking like I don't want to it's you easier. know what's it's the just point? easier what's the yeah. point I have mm. my own money I can pay things off tap tap yeah. tap everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah Okay, so Latoya, in terms of like a political perspective, mm. with I mean, there's one thing that the UK can't avoid: Brexit. It's the B word. The B word. <laughs> we're still here, you guys. Yes, we're still here. The second of November, and we're still here. In terms of Brexit, what mm. does this mean for young millennials who want to get on the property ladder? I feel like there's a lot of confusion because a lot of people are like, oh, buy, sell, like, and everyone's saying different things. Yeah. though. so like. Like I speak to like if I'm writing like on the property market, you'll speak to different analysts or you'll speak to people in the um, in the property sector. A lot of people say different things, yeah. and it's like no wonder people are confused because mm. you're getting you know all these top people in the sector, and they all say different things too. And it's like the whole thing about Brexit is that it has created this uncertainty, mm-hmm. and no one knows what's going to happen. It's the first time that you know anyone's kind of come out of the EU in this way, so who knows? And a lot of people um, have kind of said, obviously, you know. We've seen the value of the pound obviously plummet from you know when we had the referendum mm-hmm. till now and it's up and down like every day um and a lot of people um have said that once we leave you know the value of the pound will decrease again which means that obviously people coming into the uk or who want to buy property from overseas will probably do so yeah um so that will cause the market to kind of readjust so even though house properties might go down and like the value of the pound will go down because we're going to have so much foreign investment, the property market will readjust itself and prices will start going up again. So, I mean, that, and that's only, I mean, no one can predict the future. That's only kind of what people are saying. And it's like, so is it best to buy now then? Or is it best to wait? Like, it's, it's so difficult, which is one of the reasons why I feel like 
I was holding out initially because obviously you know yeah we're gonna leave in March that kind of thing and then it's like okay it's November we're still here Um, that's why I was like you know what okay 2020 it's just gonna be the year because we really don't know what's gonna happen I mean we could be here we could be here chatting in 2022 (laughs) be like we're still trying to do this so Brussels yeah why can't you I wish my deadlines had made extensions I'm over it now. Yeah, it's just we were all booked to come in for work, like oh, big Brexit week mm. and everything, and nothing happened. I just sat there. I was like, oh my god, I'm here, and nothing is going on. Like mm. this is so annoying. Like I want to get it over with. Now we're gonna mm. have a general election during Christmas time. But guys. <laughs> Register the vote. It's good for your credit. Oh yeah. <laughs> by the way, Irish people can vote as well. By the way, just so to fellow Irish people listening. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kilo, what um, tips for Advice. young, especially black? I feel like mm. I feel like my white peers. They are already like I don't know. From, from, from a young yeah. age, there's a specific group of white people who are ready to get on the property. Like, I know my friends yeah, at twenty were buying properties mm. in Sweden. And I'm like, what? I, I was at 20, I wasn't thinking about buying a house, but their parents were homeowners and they told them you need to buy a house oh. and all this kind of stuff. But what advice do you have for young black millennials who want to get on the property ladder? What would you tell them? Like, this is what you need to know. Uh, I think what they need to know that it's, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not necessarily easy, um, but it absolutely is worth it. I would just say it's, you're in a very different situation because you don't have that generational wealth. Like, mm. um, kind of wealth growing over a period of time and being able to oh my grandma passed away and left me this bit of money or my auntie passed away and left me this a lot of us don't have that if you're black black and in the UK you don't have those bits of money coming into you that you could forge a deposit with um but I would say in when you're looking for a house and you're actively trying to buy try and buy the best uh, the worst house on the best street and slowly improve it and always think long term for example like you were saying in relation to brexit um i think if you're looking short term if you're looking to flip something short term you will be really worried about um the 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 market dipping but if you're looking at it as a long-term investment it always goes up but in the long term, the market, the value will always go up. It's like when you look back at those people who are like, you're like, oh, they bought a house in uh, central London 30 years ago. Oh my gosh, I wish I'd been there to be able to buy a house. Yeah. You can do it now and then see 30 years from now, you will be the same person, person that other people are talking to. You've been like, oh, you bought 30 years ago. I so wish I could have done that. So mm-hmm. start doing it now and really think long term about all of your decisions, your finances. It's very easy to just think, oh, it's okay renting. That's fine. I'm like, I'm not settled in a career right now or anything like that even if you're you don't see the house like with me i don't see the house it's not our forever home absolutely not it but it was such a good learning process that we now know we'll be way better informed buyers for when we do buy our forever home um uh just know that even if you're kind of um not seeing it as uh, the place that you'll be in forever it is a really sound investment and there are other ways you can uh use your house to get income from you in a passive way um so yeah it's an asset at the end of the day so i really would encourage people to view it that way and really view it from a long-term lens mm, such good advice can we have you on i want to talk about money in marriage because she oh, like oh, finances in marriage and how does that work yeah. because i'm so sorry i'm a young baby girl mine is mine <laughs> so, I think I'm becoming a little more and more like you. Really? Oh, yeah. You started off not like that. I I start I started off very much like one one big lesson I learned when I was like in the dating stage, I was like, you can have all these plans for your life, these goals of the house, mm. the lifestyle you want. And all of that could be ripped under you from the person you marry. The mm. person you marry is the single most important decision you'll ever make financially, emotionally, in terms of the vision for your life, what your lifestyle will look like. For ex- It is the biggest decision you'll make. For example, if you're like a career woman earning big bucks and you're like, I want to travel, I want to work remote, I want to have these days off. And then you come now marry a guy who earns the 15,000 pounds a year. Either you won't be able to do it 
Or you won't be able to do it as much because you have to fund his entire life. You have to pay for everything and now you can't travel. Mm-hmm. Now this vision that you had for your life, squandered, gone, just because of the partner that you have. <laughs> you know what? I'm gasping for breath. No, because, guys, do I not say this all the time? It's yeah, one of are, my mm-hmm. biggest things in life. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I have a certain standard and lifestyle mm-hmm. I want for myself mm-hmm. because I was given that standard. I want to be able to give my kids. I want mm-hmm. that sort of life for myself. Nothing and my mom has always told me, I know this might be really in exaggeration she goes the biggest destiny runner can be your husband yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so that is my biggest like you know I've put my life together someone can't call my room my destiny <laughs> no 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 so yeah I'll just really quickly say one thing that I never realised when dating but that I I guess we lo- we kind of it just worked out me and you really need to have a, a similar vision to the person that you marry you yeah. have to be you, you can't uh, be someone who has huge goals, huge dreams, and then you marry a homebody who wants to settle down, go to a small town, and live a nice, quiet life. You have to have similar visions. And me and my husband, we're mass- we're big dreamers, big thinkers, like take risks, go after life. Blah, blah. But that's not something that we actively thought about. It's just mm. something that we clicked on. Yeah. But when you're considering a guy, you have what's the what's the lifestyle you want? What's the quality of life that you want? How much would you need a year to be able to live the lifestyle that you want? Mm. And if you do have a, a high quality of life, there's nothing wrong with that don't be ashamed of that just know that the person you marry has to be on that same wavelength you otherwise one of you will get really resentful mm-hmm. so yeah just just what age did you get married uh 26 love it yeah but that that's a big that's a big yeah. subject that goes and do you regret spending so much on your wedding because I feel like the black community Girl. especially you Nigerians you guys like to spend a lot of money on weddings I would have been happy that's always what's wrong with traditional the thing about it is that I know it's my mom my mom likes to wear three different types of gele she's like you want to wear three types of gele you're going to have that gele money so if she's she's the one that's going to throw the party my friend's going to throw the party because you're the one that wants to you're going to be late girl do you know know me my name is Clarissa Clark Vanessa no but not everyone has that privilege like they had to pay for their wedding so do you regret having so much no oh yeah no it was um I do honestly I do it was it was a really fun day it was great but your wedding's not I would have been so happy just eloping like going somewhere having like immediate family friends saying your vows great now we can start off that 25 grand we spent on a wedding now we can actually put it it was it was a lot it it's was a, one it's a day, it's one day. It's like but it's it's for your it's for your family and friends yeah, really, it's so the wedding day um but if if i could have gone no, I, there is no way i could have eloped if i could have i would, I would have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 trying to lope as an african they'll drag me back <laughs> 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 you would do it you know when you get to that place and look you just see family and friends sharing your knowledge and I hope that you guys are inspired to save, get on the popular ladder, invest. I think it's we're we're a lucky generation. We're not like our parents who came in as immigrants and we're like Brits. We have a lot that's going for us and we can create generational wealth for our kids. Our kids can invest houses and that's amazing so yeah thank you guys for listening and that was episode 12 guys remember to follow us on all our socials we're on our instagram we're on facebook we're on linkedin no we're not we're still gonna no, get on we're on twitter just not us but yeah please follow us on all our socials and thank you for listening we love you bye bye